The following is a sponsored program paid for by First Alliance Credit Union. Welcome to Good Money Moves featuring Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union and Andy Brownell. Here's Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning and welcome to Good Money Moves on News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. I am joined as usual today by Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union. And Jenna, you have a new guest to introduce today. I do. Today I have with me Greg Hurd from our business department. Well, I'll let Greg uh, tell a little bit about himself. Well, good. Thank you, Jenna and Andrew. The uh, basis of my business the last two weeks has been working with small business people and uh, the members that are looking for the advantages of the SBA PPP program. Oh. which I believe we're going to talk about. That probably leads us to that because we talked about <laughs> last week, uh, what was it, scams last week, right? Valuable, yes. valuable information about all the scams going on. And uh, so I'll throw it to you, Jenna, to introduce what uh, Greg already hinted at as our topic for today's show. Yes, yes, Greg is correct. Um, that is why I brought him here, so that we could talk about um, this the Paycheck Protection Program, which is a program for small businesses, and it was actually part of the CARES Act, which we talked about a couple weeks ago. That was another facet of that stimulus package that was um, initially passed by Congress back in the end of March. Um, So again, that stands for Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, the CARES Act. Um, So this, the Paycheck Protection Program is intended really to provide small businesses with up to eight weeks of cash flow assistance through 100% federally guaranteed loans. Um, So the first wave of funding that was released for this program was about $349 billion stimulus package, so billion with a B. Um, And that was, the funding for that was wiped out within 13 days. Um, Wow. So very fast. Um, So the second wave of funding was officially approved Monday, I believe. Greg, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, That was a $310 billion stimulus package pushed back into this program. Um, Although it's believed that the funds for this are going to be depleted uh, even more quickly than before just because there's now a backlog of applications waiting to get into this program. Um, another thing to know about this is this is actually a program that's being administered by the Small Business Administration, or the SBA, and we'll probably mention them again throughout the, so- the show if you've never heard of that. So SBA stands for Small Business Administration. Um, but to get access to the funds, the small business actually has to apply for this program through a qualified financial institution like First Alliance Credit Union. So the applications for this program um, officially opened on April 3rd from that first wave for small businesses, uh, sole proprietors. Um, The applications opened on April 10th for independent contractors and self-employed individuals. The applications are said to be available through June 30th, 2020. But the funding will probably be gone again before yeah, that. Yeah, so. I was going to say there's a snowball's <laughs> chance of that happening. That's yeah, for sure. Yep. So a special lending program tied in with a pandemic response aimed at small businesses, um, designed to give them eight weeks of cash flow. But when when does this have to be repaid? The money that you get from the Small Business Administration. Well, Andy, that um, is a 
a, it's a two-year loan with a six-month um, deferred payment. So the people that have applied now and have been approved, they have six months before that first payment is due. Now, with it being forgivable, that um, gives them time to get their expenses in line um, and get them back to us so we can verify with the SBA that that is forgivable. So the payments don't start, and hopefully they'll get all their documents to us before we um, have to start collecting payments from them. Okay, so in essence, they may not have to pay this back at all if they meet the requirements of the loan. What are, what would the, I guess, what would the qualified expenses be that allow this to be forgivable and turn into a grant? Sure. The the ones that the main thing the the CARES Act provided for was for payroll. So it was supposed to be to provide employers with uh, payroll payments, payroll payments. Um, <laughs> but they can also use it for uh, mortgage interest, rent, and some utilities. So with the way the program was set up, they should, if they have these other expenses, be able to forgive the whole loan. And that is the um, advantage and the incentive for people to apply to this program. Yeah, there's no doubt as to why it, the funding disappeared relatively quickly if it's a grant. Um, let's say that they do not meet those forgivable requirements. What are the terms of the loan? You mentioned it was two years if they do end up having to pay it back. Correct. What it, what it is, is they get the loan uh, so I'll use example, May 1st, their first payment would be started November 1st, and that would be on any um, dollar amount that is left or is not forgiven by the SBA, and then they have 18 months to pay that back, and it's a 1% interest rate. So um, even if you don't get it all forgiven by the SBA, you still have the opportunity to have some low-cost money to work um, into your business now and then be paying back over the 18 months. And there is no prepayment penalty. So if you have the money and you don't want a payment, you can pay it right back. Okay. So maybe set up a scenario for us to figure out how this all works of the loan on the loan forgiveness side. Um, I imagine it has to do with how much of the money you received actually goes towards paying your employees, the payroll part of it. Correct. What what they looked at is they took the average monthly payroll that you had for 2019, divided that into a 12-12, which is obviously one month, and they take the average monthly payroll and multiply that by two and a half. So that is how they came up with the loan amount. So for a smaller business, it may just be themselves that they're uh, trying to pay or a couple of employees. At the end of the eight weeks, they will submit um, tax filings that they have to send in to the, the government, and that would be one way to verify their payroll. And then if they have checks that they wrote for rent, they would supply those. And then at the end, if there's any money that they haven't paid, say $2,000 or $10,000, that that money is due in 18 um, equal payments. Okay. So it sounds like for the 
small business and the lender you <laughs> a lot of paperwork. Um, it, it hasn't been as bad as I, I anticipated with the normal SBA loans, which are a little more paper intense. They have tried to make it a little uh, easier to qualify for this and to move forward. So I do think they had the right idea to try and do this. It's just that when it was signed in on um, or approved back in March 27th, of course, the media says, here we go. And yeah. <laughs> we, we were scrambling after that. And I think we're still doing a little bit of scrambling, but it's gotten clearer as to what they're looking for and to get um, the application submitted to the SBA. Okay. So before we take a break, maybe uh, Greg, if you could maybe list off the eligible costs. I imagine there are caps on this. You can't have somebody being paid an exorbitant amount of money and have that covered by the loan program. Um, maybe you just could list, uh, run through some of those numbers. Yeah, no, no, that certainly. The The main one is if you have higher uh, cost or higher payroll for individuals, they do limit it to 100000 annual income per person. So if you have people that are earning less than that along with um, – you know, that's, that includes salary, wages, commission, some tips. That would be all included in that kind of a, um, on the payroll side. Sure. So the the smaller businesses where it's a, a mom and pop or just an individual, you know, we're looking at uh, sole proprietors. Then they have a different verification that we look at their, their Schedule C. And I'm, I'm kind of a little bit of a tax nerd, but not a lot. I know enough to be dangerous. <laughs> okay. So. That's that's how they come up with the amount that uh, sole proprietors and um, limited person LLCs can qualify for. So it's pretty much a hundred thousand dollars for the per employee. Yeah, per employee for benefits, salary, the whole works. Yep. And so that also, breaks down to monthly. I'm sorry, monthly payment or monthly income of eight thirty eight eighty three thirty three. So that is where that, that number would come okay. from. So that's kind of what I've been working with. All right. And the other part of it was the amount you have to pay for your office or whatever, the mortgage or rent and um, utilities. So that pretty much covers everything, right? Correct. That's okay. why I went to the 2.5% of the average monthly payroll. All right. We're talking with Greg Hurd and Jenna Tubbles with us as well with First Alliance Credit Union. And we are on Good Money Moves. We'll continue in just a moment on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good Money Moves continues in moments with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union. This is News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. We're talking Good Money Moves with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back to Good Money Moves. I'm Andy Brownell along with Jenna Tobble and Greg Hurd from First Alliance Credit Union. We're talking about the PPP program. It's payroll protection. What's the last part of it, folks? I always program. Forget. Okay. <laughs> Paycheck uh, Protection Program. I should have got that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, we're learning all about this program, which we've heard about in the news quite a bit. Um, Greg, what are some of the other requirements to actually be eligible to receive a loan through the program? 
Well, good. Those are, they've got a lot of, I should say, they have some requirements. One of them is you, uh, the total amount that you can borrow is $10 million. <laughs> so that, that's a pretty big company according to our, our local um, economy. Uh, must have been working or in operation starting February 15th of this year. They also have to have 500 employees or less. So you may think that's a lot, and around here it is, but if you're part of a franchise, they had some rules that if it was a franchise, you weren't able to um, get it if there's more than 500 employees. For the entire, um, all the franchisees together, or just the ones yeah, that they, you own? Yeah, the ones you own. Okay. So if you had four different franchises with 150 people, that you wouldn't qualify, even though they're all in maybe separate areas. Okay. Some of the other um, businesses that would be available that could apply would be a non-exempt or tax-exempt nonprofits or the 5013C veteran organizations, which are a 501C19 uh, company or tax uh, status, and tribal tribal concerns. So those are uh, a couple of them. And then you also, which is the main part, is that you have to show that you have been negatively affected by the outbreak, which I think that's pretty pretty standard. Or, or everybody's going to be able to qualify, I guess, is the um, what I'm trying to make. Yeah, I was going to say I couldn't imagine a scenario where you weren't negatively impacted by this if you were a business. That's for sure. Well, I, I did see one on TV about a drive-in restaurant that has just been overwhelmed because people are able to social distance and still be able to go actually kind of go out to eat so huh. that would maybe be one that wouldn't qualify well good for them i'm glad somebody was innovative and thought of a way to make it work so um what are some of the things that businesses should be thinking about before they actually apply if they haven't already well a lot of them should be able to get their 2019 um tax payroll statements which are I'll use a tax form, 940 or a 941 for payroll taxes that are submitted quarterly. They should also make sure that um, they're up to date on their um, registration with the state. There's a state website that you want to be able to say, okay, our, our business is listed and is an active business. That's always a, a good thing to be aware of. And then um, the other thing is, just going through the application and make sure you have your numbers that you can uh, work through. And um, those, those are always the important things we've, we've found from what I've, or maybe we'll, we'll get into that a little different, but some of my observations. Okay. So the terms of this thing sounds so good. I mean, the, the deferred payment and the, the 1%, I, I'm imagining in the application process, there's a way to weed out the small business that perhaps doesn't need it. Um, that would be just applying because the terms are so favorable. Is that the case? It, it is, uh, Andy. And the, it has a lot to do with, I think, the, the local business is a lot different. I shouldn't say I, I have not seen any applications that we have gotten rid of because they, they really don't qualify. All of them have been um, hurt, especially the ones we can see, you know, with our our business members that have uh, accounts with us. Um, that that makes it um, 
easier to say, okay, they you look back and saw their deposits and all of a sudden instead of a five thousand dollar a week deposit, they're down to a thousand dollars a week. Well, why is that? Well, we had to close. So we were really able to see that. Um, I don't have any in this area, or we don't deal with that many larger companies that um, may have the opportunity to get funds elsewhere, as opposed to some of the bigger companies that you hear about in the news. So yeah. um, I think we're fortunate that we have a lot of small businesses that are are successful, and we're just this is just a great way to try and help them get through um, the short-term process, and hopefully we'll get things going back. Uh, the right way. Yeah, not only uh, saving the small businesses that we all enjoy uh, doing business with, but saving the jobs associated with them. That's, uh, if you look at the, I, I, I'm, you, you mentioned you're a, a somewhat of a tax nerd. I'm somewhat of a jobs data nerd. I like to look through <laughs> all that, that kind of data when it comes out. And, and you look at the sheer number of people employed by all these thousands and thousands of small businesses it's the majority of us really that work at these places that are not the big giant companies yep and i and i believe uh, the the rochester area chamber has some um, statistics also but i believe they say like 70 percent of the businesses small business in this area and obviously we have a large employ a couple of large employers so that takes that 70 percent just touches everybody Yes, that's for sure. So you mentioned locally you haven't really seen any cases of um, firms trying to take advantage of these really generous provisions of this loan, but we certainly have heard about them in the news. Have uh, have you noted any of those, Jenna, the big giant yeah, companies I'm that have kind of been out there and grabbed up some of the money? Yeah, I mean, and I'm not going to say it's good or bad that they took advantage of uh, of what was being offered. I think they probably sought counsel and whether or not they should take advantage of the program at the time. Um, but since, since um, people found out, you know, there was the Ruth Chris steakhouse was, you know, in the news for a while, the shake shack, there's actually a total, I think of, you know, 71 publicly traded companies that managed to obtain over $300 million in this program funding from the first wave of funding. And there's been some backlash on them for that. Um, at the end of the day, they still have to would have still had to adhere to the guidelines, just like everybody else, to maintain that as a as a grant for their employees to to maintain that. But I think the there was just uh, you know some backlash that came from that being larger, being publicly traded, and maybe in a little bit better financial position than the the true kind of small business that Greg is working with on a day to day basis. Um, and so I, I think that's just something that it, for larger organizations that they really need to weigh the, the kind of cost-benefit analysis, so to speak, of whether or not this funding is truly their best option or if they have other ways to go about um, maintaining their employee base during this time. All right. We're going to continue talking about the PPP, the Payroll Protection Program, with Jenna Tobel and Greg Hurd from First Alliance Credit Union. As Good Money Moves continues right after this on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good Money Moves continues in moments with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union. This is News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM.
We're talking good money moves with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back to Good Money Moves on News Talk, 1340 KROC AM, 96.9 FM. Jenna Tobble and Greg Hurd from First Alliance Credit Union with us this morning. We've been talking about the payroll protection program in the news, the loan program for small businesses to try to maintain some of those jobs associated with small businesses in this time of pandemic. Um, Greg, once uh, you get the loan and you actually have the funds in your account ready for you to use, what what are some of the do's and some of the, the do's and don'ts? What, what, what should these employees or these companies know moving okay. forward? Yeah, no, no, that's, that's a, that's a good question. And I know there's, there'll be some more guidance from the SBA as, as things go along, but the way it's set up right now is that you, after you get the loan, you have eight weeks of payroll that you should use the funds for. It's basically a, a two month period that these funds are supposed to cover your expenses. So that is the main goal was to get people off unemployment, get them back in, in your space working. And then um, the um, payment would be due the six months that we talked about earlier. So. Um, you do want to keep a good record, good track of the expenses during this eight-week period. Obviously, we're going to have to verify that information to the SBA and to get the maximum amount of forgiveness. Make sure you have um, uh, your payroll uh, expenses checks, uh, tax filings. That will be one way we're, I'm sure we're going to be able to do it. Um, they want SBA would like to use as many USA products also to um, be be bought and helpfully uh, with some other small businesses in the area. Um, the other thing is don't assume that you're going to be, all the amounts going to be forgiven. That's, I've had some members say, well, what happens if I don't use it all? What happens then? And that's where it goes back to where they have to make the payments for the last um, 18 months of the, the initial two-year loan program. So, of course, it'll be a small payment or a small interest, so hopefully that'll help them through the uh, two years or the 18 months to the end of the term. Like I said, there is no um, prepayment penalty, so if it does come to that where you have to make payments, well, 1% interest is a lot better than, say, a local um, lender that may have a few higher fees than that. I know our base rate is not 1%, so... Uh, that that's a, a very good rate to be able to work with in your business. All right. And uh, he's a good record keeping, make sure you use it for what it's supposed to be used for and uh, fill out all the paperwork. <laughs> yeah. And that, uh, Andy, that's, that's the big thing is, you know, I, I think, you know, when I first heard the program and I think that the, the thought process was good behind it where let's get some money into the smaller businesses, let them have do their payroll, keep people employed. And, you know, when it comes to the end that they're going to, I think the SBA will, I don't want to say will be lenient, but I believe that they are not going to be quite as strict as they are in some of their other loan programs for repayment and documentation. Saying that I still think you need to keep good records, just like you said, and then um, obviously when we get those, we'll review them and say, yep, this looks like we can submit it to the SBA and we'll let you know what they come back with. 
Fantastic. So, Jenna, where can somebody go if uh, they're listening to the program and this piqued their interest uh, to learn more about the pay payroll protection program or any of the other um, any other information pertaining to small businesses or I guess anything else with First Alliance Credit Union. Of course. Well, usually I would tell you your first place to go would be our website, firstalliancecu.com. But really the best place to go to learn more about the Paycheck Protection Program is the SBA's website. So Small Business Administration's official website, sba.gov. That's where you're going to find um, just a plethora of information about what the program is, the types of documentation you might need. Um, we are accepting applications for the Paycheck Protection Program that Greg's been talking about. Um, and you can get access to our application at firstalliancecu.com slash business. Um, or if you have questions, you know, Greg is available to answer them. You can give us a call. 507-288-0330 is our number. Um, and our business team can help you out um, and kind of wade through these unknown waters with this program. Well, very good. And I imagine we're going to talk more about small businesses and um, the role of the First Alliance Credit in helping a small business when we get together next week. Yes, we will. Fantastic. I look forward to it. Greg Hurd is with us, along with Jenna Tobel, First Alliance Credit Union. I'm Andy Brownell on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM.